welcome to the Voice of Aged Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Badgick-Smith, and in over a decade, I have helped to improve mental well-being of hundreds of older Australians. This podcast offers an authentic insight into well-being in late life, practical tips for those who support our elders, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person has a number of strengths that can be uncovered and promoted to help the older person achieve better mental well-being despite the changes in their health status. Today, I wanted to talk to you about improving aged care staff morale. And I think this is one topic that a lot of people really, really want to talk about and when I run training sessions and, you know, on social media, when I write posts, it's one that comes up again and again. And it comes down to that, that perception about is the workplace that I'm working in really appreciating the work that I'm doing or am I just another number? And this drills down from, you know, high management all the way down to floor staff and to volunteers as well. It's that perception, am I being appreciated for what am I doing and at what cost am I doing what I'm doing? And so I know that it is a topic that is close to a heart of many who work in aged care, but one perhaps where they feel uncertain as to their ability to discuss it, to bring it forward to the table and to talk about it with their peers and management. And staff morale has been affected a lot with with COVID and and everything that's been happening over the last few years and the increased demands put on the role uh, on top of the already stressful requirements of working in in aged care settings. So I know that it's it's been really tough, it's been really difficult, but this topic is particularly important. And I see often posts, uh, research, different mediums put out about, you know, resilience, let's do some resilience training for staff, let's do some team building activities. But it really comes down to looking at what, what can we do to to improve the turnover rates in aged care workforce. And I know that a lot of people who work in aged care really struggle with the demands that are put on their their role and and dealing with a client who's already having chronic health issues and and reasons why they need home care services, why they've been admitted to residential aged care service, families, the family dynamics. It can be really stressful. And on top of that, all the duties in supporting the person, in liaising with the family, in in matching clients um, with one another, running group activities, COVID protocols, compliance, safety. It's a lot to take on. And so working in this environment, which is quite stressful at the best of times, is understandably difficult to to evaluate and it's, it's difficult to recognise are there any quick fixes as to why we have such high turnover in this workforce and how can that be changed? And I know a few facilities that I've been visiting over the years, you know, they've, they've been remarkable in the ability to retain their staff for 
long periods of time. And I don't know if that's because they're based in a regional area or where the staff have really good, strong connection with one another outside of work. But I know that the staffing can be quite transient and that, you know, there's the type of staff who are there for a long, long time or the ones that just come and go quickly and easily. So how do we create this environment where the workers are feeling supported, the clients are feeling respected and the business, it's, the HK business is flourishing? And I think that it all comes down to the managing those expectations, being able to listen to one another, understand the needs, and showing some flexibility as well. So one area that comes up for me when talking about improving aged care staff morale is about a concept that in research they call perceived organizational support. And so it's so important to recognize what is it that the management would need to do for the workers to feel supported in their role. So there are tests, there are scales about perceived organizational support and that look at employees' perception concerning the extent to which the organization values their contribution and cares about their well-being. There's other ways to measuring it, but I think the, the one of the simplest ways that we can go about it is actually asking staff, what is it that you want? Not randomly throwing movie vouchers and tickets and, and pizzas and such, actually asking employees what is it that matters to them the most and looking at and finding out what is that they actually would like to have, to have a sense of more perceived support from the management. So for some people, it could be about wanting to upskill themselves in certain areas. They might want to learn more about safe swallowing. They might want to learn more about mental health. They might want to learn more about palliative care, which will then allow them to use those skills within the workplace and be able to pass on that information. For some people, it could be about organizing regular annual leave and taking time off work. And for others, it could be about opportunities to be able to pick up more shifts because maybe they need to save some money. So not assuming that all the staff want exactly the same benefits because everyone wants different benefits. And I think that being able to hear staff out as to what it is that they want, what it is that they need, is so imperative to be able to support them better. Because for a lot of people, when they talk about, you know, why did you leave job or why did you change jobs, the issue that comes up again and again is that that perception, I was not supported or I didn't, you know, management didn't really listen to me and what it is that I needed. So we can't fix the problem by randomly throwing benefits at staff, but rather than creating opportunities for them to be able to, to talk. And, you know, it might be through mentoring, it might be through opportunities to catch up in team meetings or one-on-ones and creating those moments where staff can actually share with management what the issues that are coming up for them, what are the challenges, perhaps the impact of losing a number of clients in a short period of time has impacted the workers and maybe they might need some time off. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually recognising as a strength that perhaps they've spent a lot of time working and over time or perhaps they just need to be moved to a different area to work or maybe they just need to change their routine and their 
duties for a short period of time or have a break, but just being allowing that flexibility to be able to shift and change might be all that that person needs. Or maybe if they've done a lot of night shift work, they might need to change and do some day shift. But just mixing things up allows the person to step outside of their day-to-day routine and maybe they will bring insight and experience more to another area where someone may not have picked up those changes that have perhaps happened with those clients. So with a fresh set of eyes, they might be able to pick up something else or come up with some creative ideas in how to deliver engagement and activities with clients. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Enhancing Emotional Wellbeing in Late Life Workshop. This essential training is for anyone supporting older adults seeking practical strategies to reduce isolation and loneliness and help older adults make new and exciting as well as fulfilling moments. Find out more today from wisecare.com.au. So if we look through opportunities, how we can really use those strengths of the workforce and listen to them, we can look at how we can improve the staff morale. And I've received a few emails over the last few weeks from management and from floor staff who feel that they've been you know, experiencing burnout because they've been working so many hours, how they feel like management has not been supporting them. And even people in senior role who are saying, you know, like after, you know, so many years in this role, I'm, I'm leaving, it's just taken its toll on me and I'm no longer able to deliver the service that I have done and I've been working long hours and I've been doing stuff outside of work. I understand the challenges have been enormous. And for a lot of people, it's it's affected their health and their well-being and they're no longer able to, to perform at that level. And so we're losing such valuable staff because the demands that have been put on them have exceeded their ability to cope. And I think it's not a weakness to say, hey, I can't actually do this anymore. I need something different. But perhaps there are opportunities to give feedback earlier on and to create those opportunities where the person feels heard and and understood so that we prevent getting them burnt out and them leaving the industry and taking away those skills and strengths they've had in working with this population. So rather than throwing benefits randomly and saying, hey, you are appreciated, let's do, you know, appreciation day with, you know, balloons and bubbles and whatnot, let's look at ways how we can earlier on pick up signs that staff may not be coping and and listen to them and look at how those early signs that, you know, someone is perhaps not sleeping well, they've been under pump, they've been stressed, maybe they've dealt with a person whereby they've had unpleasant conversation or they've had a type of interaction that has not gone well and look at how we can really improve that area in their lives by, you know, giving them our time, opportunity to talk and looking at how those benefits can match the needs of the staff is so valuable. Now, I know for some people it could be as as much as, you know, highlighting the options of reaching employee assistance program, having a mental health day, having a day off, changing, putting them to work in another area, not, you know, describing it as an opportunity to, to do something different. It's not a punishment. You're not being taken off your duties, but you are 
given opportunities where you can use your skills in a different setting. And having that open discussion about what it is the person actually wants and how they actually want to grow in with the organization and where they want their skills to be used is so important. Over the years, I've seen in in few organizations that I've supported, care staff go on to become nurses and go on to become managers. And through having those open discussions at an early stage with management about their long-term goals and aspirations, they have been able to progress from a carer to a facility manager. And that that's not necessarily what you all want to do or the way that you all want to progress your career. For some people, it could be, you know, their work is a break away from what they're dealing at home or they might have caring responsibilities that they do at home. It's not, it's not a progression that is generalized and everyone wants to do the same. But if we actually listen to what is the person needs, listen to what area they perhaps need more training and support in, we are able to support them better. So improving HQ staff morale, I see this being as a huge topic that will go on for quite a, a long time after this latest COVID wave has hit because all the staff are feeling the effects of, of stress and burnout of working in such stressful conditions for such long periods of time. And giving staff opportunities where they can be heard, where they can share their, their experience and Resilience that I've shown over the last few years really will be invaluable. So if you work as a manager, look for those opportunities where you can celebrate your staff, where you can recognize when someone is an amazing hard worker, where they might need just some time off to switch off and come back fresh. Looking for opportunities where staff have shown initiative about certain areas or topics which they want to learn more about and how you can support them. Because if the staff are supported, they are delivering better support for the clients. And if the staff are supported, they are spreading the word about their workplace as being a positive and nourishing environment where they are thriving. And if staff are supported, they are going to engage with families in a better manner and deliver the best service possible to those clients and families. So staff really are the centre of your service delivery. And the more they are supported, the better outcomes are achieved for everyone. So I hope that you recognise that and that you celebrate all your achievements and that those of your colleagues and take a time out, you know, it might just take you 30 seconds or a minute to say, hey, Nancy, I really liked how you engaged with Joan the other day. I thought that was great. I really like how you've been able to build such quick rapport with her so easily. Sometimes when we are rushing and when we are stressed and when we are experiencing, you know, burnout ourselves, we might not be able to stop and think and articulate our gratitude and appreciation for those that we work with. But those small gestures can really be encouraging and positive to those that we work with and can help us build better teamwork and better work environment. And I've heard, you know, a number of people say over the years, oh, but I'm so appreciative of my staff. And I say, thank you all the time. And I do this. And sometimes it's not about those, you know, big, long emails and gratitude across the floor. It's about those subtle little comments that can really make a lasting impact. 
And just the way that, you know, you might express gratitude towards your fellow workmate, same with the clients, same with the family. Gratitude and kindness can really go a long way in our day-to-day lives and can really improve the quality of engagement with our clients on a short-term basis and long-term improve compliance with treatment, reduce that isolation and boost, boost engagement. So I hope I've given you a few ideas in this episode in how you might be able to improve aged care staff morale. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Make sure you don't miss out when I release the next episode by becoming a subscriber on over on your podcast app of choice. And if you can, please leave a review too. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to wisecare.com.au and check out my top downloaded resource, Five Facts About Me, which can drive better engagement with the elderly client regardless of your role in their lives. I'll see you at the next episode.